Top Shelf Fantasy. All right, Top Shelf Fantasy fans out there. Podcast number 274, November 10th, 2023. We will go over some start sits, some sleepers, some dart throws, and some fun news, some sad injuries, some good injury news, but um, mainly sad, like it is every single week. But um, listen to us on any podcast player you have, especially Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, on X, you know, DMX, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, topshelffantasy.com. And I will add, uh, Corey Dowd is not on the podcast tonight, but he will have the German recipe article live to you tomorrow. So the uh, Pats-Colts game, you know, not a game you really want to watch, but we'll give you some recipes and make, oh, yeah, make some stuff, have some fun, do some dumb bets. Who cares? Bad game. Doesn't matter. Eat some good food. Um, I have uh, Derek joining us tonight. Derek, thank you for stepping up. Um, I texted him about an hour ago, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's how exciting uh, life is at 34. You know, you get a text an hour before uh, on a Friday long weekend, and you're around for a podcast. So yeah. <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you joined. Um, yeah, and um. You just won the Super Bowl, right? The uh, the well, I didn't win it. I I coached I coached a team. Still the twelve uh, U Central Mass D one Super Bowl champion and Patriots. Great group of kids. Um, you know, like we we talk fantasy here, but there is something uh very it's very awesome to see you know young kids enjoy the sport too. Um. We have a great team uh, and some see some kids like blossom to become leaders and have voices. And, you know, just seeing, you know, kids playing football is, is just awesome. I love it so much. I love coaching. And you have a chance to what's your game this weekend? So uh, so this weekend, North Attleboro will probably win. Uh, the Eastern Conference for uh, Massachusetts. So we'll have a chance uh, next weekend to play North Attleboro for the 12U Massachusetts D1 championship, um, which would be like state championship would be probably the first time since Phil A.L. was running the football back in North Middlesex (laughs) 20-some years ago. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's been super awesome. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure all those kids who are into fantasy as well if they're playing the sport like your son is in leagues yeah i think one thing that's um pretty awesome about fantasy uh is that like a lot of the kids on in youth football like from fantasy and probably social media they know a lot of the best players like the the amount of kids that hit the gritty at practice and talk (laughs) about justin jefferson's pretty wild and like you know they all like really, like the the kids, big fans of the wide receivers. So like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, like the like CD Lamb, like those names come out a lot. Um, and then like uh, so I help coach D line. Um, and like one practice, like one of our best kids was like, "Yo, like I'm gonna hit the ghost move." And I was like, "Wait, you know about the ghost moves?" Like, yeah, like there's a whole reel of like some of the best DNs 
throwing a ghost move, which is like when you you lower your head like right at the point of attack on the on the edge, and what it does is it throws off the point of attack from the, the offensive tackle. And it's a really good speed rush move, and uh, he did it at practice, and I was like do that in the game and like we started all of our dns throw ghost moves and because <laughs> social media and seeing these top end you know professional yep. athletes like you know win with it so um like the kids love football like they and they know a lot of these players like they know kyler's back this week yeah <laughs> i can tell you that <laughs> yeah and, and and we'll get to that i mean i guess we'll start with that the first news kyler's back and it's Unreal. Good for football. Yeah, I know me and I was talking about this last podcast, but just he's officially the starter as of today. Um, You've been holding him all year. Yeah. I, I doubt he was avail- uh, available in many leagues. One quarterback leagues, maybe. Maybe. But even so, it's like... Probably three weeks ago. You you risk that bench spot. You have to, especially if you're yeah. like, like... If you have a top seven quarterback, yeah, I mean, Maybe you drop him after you know the first few weeks, but like, um, he's back. Do you start him week one? I think you do. Um, I guess it depends on who your other quarterbacks are. They play Atlanta this week. Um, everything that we've seen from the Cardinals from week one was that they're out to win games. That team does not like a lot of their losses are close losses against in games that they shouldn't be in. And it looks like three or four wins, right? And like. From- we saw how good this offense was with Josh Dobbs and with um with James Connor in like they were actually pretty good. They could move the ball efficiently. So I think with Kyler back, like you start in week one and like if like I just think like his skill set too coming back from an ACL at quarterback is not like running back. Like it's not intense hard running most of the times when he runs on not designed runs like rolling out of the pocket like it's out of structure and there's free yards anyways like you're gonna get 50 yards rushing from kyler just on scrambles and like you just hope he has you know a touchdown and he's an automatic starter in my book like i just think and like atlanta's gonna throw the book at him i don't know if you saw this but tyler haneke came out this weekend in press conference and said that this was like their super bowl because they have to get their season on track which is a scary statement from a football team in week 10 but um i think like it's going to be a competitive game and i think the cardinals are going to be right in it there's no reason why they can't come out and beat this atlanta team that's reeling so i think you started them yeah if you held them this long you you kind of have to you 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 can't wait for week eleven like if he sucks you go down with a ship like the reason you held on him is because you need to win so right um I think you definitely start him um Devon Ashan is eyeing the week eleven return after the bye I think this is fantastic um I mean Mostert's been great uh since but Jeff Wilson hasn't done dog shit so even if it's a split backfield. Um, when he's back, we've seen him and Mostert crush it. Uh, I think it was two. One week it was like thirty-five points and forty-two points. Yeah, or something like that. And then, and then Ashawn had the better game than the next two weeks. So I would even think like Ashawn is probably the guy I would start over Mostert if you had the option. They're probably both starters, but right. um, 
in our last podcast um, with Dallas, I even kind of said like, you know, this team is a playoff team. Like you got a, a Sean back. You do have a Jeff Wilson there too. Like you're not going to want to run. I got like Mostert really into the ground if you're going to make playoffs because right. he's been in that situation with San Fran before he's been so far in the playoffs. You want to keep that guy around. You don't want to be all right. We're going to, you know, push him 20 touches a game. That's not, not going to happen. If anything, Sean's going to take over more of the workload, save Mostert more for the playoffs in the season. Uh, so I think Sean is a, is going to be, have a massive um, second half of the year. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the dude's trying to have a cannon. You see, like, he has game-breaking speed on the field. He His speed to his top-end speed matches Tyreek Hill's. Like, so you get that back at running back. Um, I don't think Mike McCarthy will weave his Corvette in the garage, so to say. Like, yeah, they're going to get him touches. They'll manufacture touches for them if they have to. Um and I think you're right about Mostert. Like you, you need to keep him healthy. He's probably their, him or Jeff Wilson probably is like their best goal linebacker too. You yep. know, so like, and HN is not gonna ever probably be that goal line thumper. Like, yeah. bring in big, personnel. which is fine, which is fine, right? Yeah, it's totally fine. But like they, like I think the Dolphins will want that. I think the the other thing too is like the Dolphins for HN hitting the bye week this week is couldn't be more perfect, right? Like he gets. One one more week of rest and to get healthy and to work back to playing condition, yeah. And and he gets to come back. Um, yeah, I think like HN, like if you spent the money on the Fab Four and put him in your starting lineup, the ceiling's way too high. Like mm. for next week. I mean, you saw it week three. It's 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 deniable. Yeah. All right. Um, in grocery news, uh, we watched. Probably the worst Thursday football game, maybe ever. I doubt ever, but on the I year, yeah, I'm trying to remember like back in the day if there was another grosser. I mean, walking into this game, we knew it was going to be gross. But... Yeah, but we were always oh, it's Thursday night. Anything could happen. Nothing but happened. Nothing. Be... <laughs> I mean, there was a pick six to start the game, and Panthers still couldn't do anything after that. Chicago got a touchdown, but they had to four men. Won the game. Bryce Young looked terrible yet again. I mean, they just can't get Thursday Night Football right. No. They just... They they need to get rid of it. Yep. All Uh, right. um, I I think, like, the one last thing on Thursday Night Football is, like, like Frank Wright's seat has to start getting hot at some point this year if they continue to underperform where they were last year. Like... It just, I don't know, they they trade up to the one spot. You think that you get a quarterback on the Panthers team of last year, that team is a 500 team. And this team is considerably worse than last year. And they they had an interim coach for like 10 weeks last year. It was like a long time that mm-hmm. they had an interim coach. Like, so I, I don't know. I just, I would monitor that one. Like if, if he's a one and done for Frank Reich. I, I think that his NFL coaching days might, might really come to an end. It, it, yeah, it's weird. It has to be. It's a, it's a coach that we thought was good. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's slightly odd. Uh, Kyron Williams will be back week 12. So they have a bye week this week. He'll miss 
of course, week 11 because he's still on the IR. Um, fantastic. I, I, I mean, there's no one there that's, you know, really taken that role. I think when yeah. he's back, he's back to, I mean, the, keep in mind he was the RB1 in fantasy when he was healthy. Right. Uh, definitely a guy I'm going to target in a trade deadline to get because if they want to win it, it's, it's, he's a massive part of it. And then you've seen the Rams struggle without him. Huge big time. Um, I think Daryl Henderson will continue to be in the mix a little bit. Um, but like the Rams are so thin at running back, they literally call two guys off the couch to come play running back for him. Like, yeah. so like when and, Kyron Williams is back also his, uh, snap percentage was like, in the nineties, yeah, it, it's it's absurd. <laughs> Volume and opportunity is king, and that's what you want in fantasy. I think Sean McVay fucking loves this guy, and that is, I mean, if your offensive coordinator or head coach um, loves you at running back, uh, it's a sign for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Kill Herbert didn't play last night. Expected back week eleven, but we just saw Deontay Foreman uh, play extremely yeah. well. Last night, um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he had a great game too. So, I, I, I don't know how to view that backfield going forward. I know they have very hard strength schedule, um, from week eleven on. So, I mean, I picked him up in one league. I'm not feeling great about it. Like, I don't know if I'll start him next week. Like, it's a, it's a wait and see thing. But it's it's week eleven. When he's back, it's hard to wait and see at this week. Like this is, yeah, th- this is crunch time. So, I mean, in my mind, I I, I don't want to own any bears because I don't know what's going to happen each week. Yeah, I mean, Dante Foreman, everywhere he goes, he ends up taking shares of carries away from people. Like it's definitely going to be a messy backfield. But you see, just the way that Dante Foreman can carry the rock and, uh. I mean, he immediately has to be their goal line back too. Like, yeah. I mean, he's done. He's done it for years now. Tennessee two years ago, last year Carolina, like In Carolina. Yeah, when he gets the carries, he looks awesome, which is awesome he, to see after a Achilles injury. Um, yeah, right. Early in his career, so I mean that the, it's a great story. It sucks uh, for fantasy as a Herbert owner and him because it's probably gonna be a split, but. Um, there's also just one guy I would just wish had the solidified RB one role at least once in his career, but yeah. the injury kind of um forfeited that, I guess. It's like with with Dante Foreman, it's almost like one he must suck at practice. I don't know what happens at practice. Oh, he was a trans- a healthy scratch to begin the year. Like right. what what happened? And then you come in, oh, this guy's fucking good. And then once he hits the field, he just he can carry the rock like he's just good at it. Like it's like every every year he has to prove that he's good at football again, and it takes an it starts, injury for him to get there. It's, yeah, it starts all over again every year. It's like oh, yeah. all right, sign this new team. Maybe week eight. Every year it's midseason, but um, yeah. Uh, um, Bill Belichick bangs some strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I had to add fun in there. story. Very it, fun it's, story. It's, it's it's I mean we all seen the video of him leaving someone's house with his shirt off looking for his <laughs> keys and i mean 
New Mind England. you, it's 40 degrees when he's leaving oh, his yeah. house, and he's just shirtless, it, just a polar bear. If, <laughs> if you're saying he's a bad coach, you know, I might get fired. The Pats suck. Pats by 20 this week. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Like, um, there was some Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever. I, uh, I think uh, Jeff Tully sent me, and it was some guy talking during the video. He's <laughs> like, it's passed by a hundred. Like <laughs> this guy just banks with strange. Yeah. And the whole time he's thinking, Gardeman, you can't play covered cover three blitz, <laughs> can't play covered three blitz. And it's just, his mind is focused right now. He he, he, he got watching, he got out of the house and flew to Germany. He's he's ready to go. He was like I the way that I envisioned in my head is that he was watching Garden Minshew tape and was scheming up the defense and got so aroused yep. that he sent he sent 50 texts out. One girl replied and he ended up in <laughs> yeah. Stone of Massachusetts <laughs> or wherever yeah. he was. Like, it it looked like like I don't know, like Manchester by the sea area. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. he got there, but uh Bill, good for you. Yeah. Bangles Bill s- single Bill. Single Bill. We haven't seen this in in a very like long 10 time. years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was with his last girlfriend for a long time. Didn't marry her because Bill's a dog, you know. He's a dog. <laughs> she didn't want that, that prenup, which I get. Yeah. Right. Um, Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson uh, scores his first TD in over a, a year, which is fantastic t- to see. We've been waiting yeah. for it for, I mean, Sorry. me and you as, as massive yeah. Deontay fans. It was, it was awesome. Great to see. Saved his fancy week. Yeah. Targeted inside the three, like love to see it. Yeah, usually never happens. Um, George Pickens wasn't a fan of it though. Yeah, Pickens mentally might just be just a real midget. And if Pickens, we've seen this in uh, Pittsburgh a lot. Um, it took a long time. Like AB wasn't a mental nightmare until the end, but when he was, Pittsburgh moved on from him pretty quickly. Yep. Um, and I think that we saw this with, um, with Chase Claypool too, like Martavis uh, Bryant and yeah, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, at mm-hmm. some point too, like where, like you, if you put on that Steelers uniform, you buy into the brand. And if Pickens doesn't, like, I don't see him lasting past his rookie contract there. Like there's no better, there's really not a better structured organization than the Steelers. Like, I think they've shown that they've really like lapped the Patriots in this is like structurally organized. Like it's the Steelers, the Patriots and the Seahawks. And now the 49ers, like Dallas has always been good too, but like, I don't yeah. know. Just I mean, don't I mean, rock the boat. George Pickens. Learn yeah, from those guys. Not this early. We're trying to show you like Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches, I think of all time, because He's dealing with this. He's dealt with AB, dealt with yeah. Juju, Bryant, Love Bell. Yeah. Like, you don't hear about the, these problems until they're gone. Like, shit, that probably happened in closed doors for, for, for five years. And yeah. and Mike Tomlin is an unreal coach to deal with that. And once they're out of his realm, it's like they can't control it. And yeah. Pickens is doing this now. It's It's, I mean, Talent alone, it, it's it's one of the best in the NFL. But I mean, it's the, the talents there. We yeah. know the talents there. Like, I've seen this guy fall. Um, 
he can block on the outside. Pickens could do everything. Like yeah, fantastic blocker. I mean, I mean, we talked about this. Like both these guys should be able to succeed fantasy wise and NFL wise in every week. Um, yeah. I mean, that comes down to the quarterback too and the the offense, but they're both that good where they should be considered like oh two top twenty fantasy receivers, and we're not seeing that. I think. Uh... I think this will probably be Matt Canada's last year in Pittsburgh. I think last year we thought that. I think this year, if at Pittsburgh Penguins games, there's chance to fire offensive coordinator. I think like at some point push comes to shove. <laughs> like he's got mm-hmm. like not even like football sporting events. They're getting chance for fire Canada going in Pittsburgh. Like I think I, I think like if you bring in, we've seen this happen. Time and time again in the NFL, you're bringing a good OC. It can make a quarterback better. We see this with the Lions right now. Um, and, like, hopefully if they bring a new coordinator, it can help and they can elevate Pickens and he'll be help, happy. But, like, Pittsburgh's also right in the middle of the playoff race. Like, how can you be mad about your own usage if your team's showing success when yeah. you're below – they're they're a well below average offense. They have a pretty good defense. Like it's probably like top 12 or so mm-hmm. like, and they're in the playoff race. Like you gotta be happy with that stuff. Like it's obviously him putting himself over team. Oh yeah. And I don't think that flies a lot with Tomlin. Tomlin's like, I'm sure that his number one thing is like, this is a team sport. No one wins unless we all win. Yeah. Like we all lose s- together. You saw the play where it was, uh, I think Pickett. Audible and it uh turned into a Najee Harris touchdown run. Yeah. And they put the camera to Matt Cannon. He was fucking pissed. Like fucking you guys just scored. Right. You got you, you guys just had your run back finally score in the season. Right. Like it it was the right play, but he just oh, it wasn't my play, it wasn't my design. He audible, like fuck him. Um, got him into the right play and scored, dude. Shut up. Yep. I mean, that's great for your quarterback to, to fucking read that. That's how the quarterbacks reach it. Like that. That. That's what you want. That's what you want. Quarterback. I don't it shows know. Shows that evolution and learning yep. and understanding of the game and situation. And maybe that. That's why Pickett's not that great because he's just so worried to upset his coaches. Like, I don't know. I think if he was that worried, though, he wouldn't be on Instagram popping off at the mouth, like being doing dumb shit. Like he's just, and also. And when it comes to this stuff, the older I get, the more I'm like, Pickens is a kid. <laughs> He's a kid, you know? Yeah. Like, these are young guys that have a lot of money. Like, like it's going to take him a little bit to grow up. And maybe that's fine, too. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, some injury news. Um Some players that uh, are, are in this week. Uh, awesome for... Fantasy awesome for the Niners. Debo is off the injury report. I mean, we've seen Canada the and therefore the rest of the world. And the rest of the world. What are you talking about? Uh, I mean, we we've seen San Fran struggle without Debo. Yeah, like I know. You, oh, Ayuk could be the better receiver there. Debo is, you know, not as good as he as people think he is. I mean, we've seen the team without Debo, and it's a massive difference. It's it's like leaps and bounds. Like this is one of these guys that 
can do everything on the offense, run every route, play running back, and you don't have this guy as a, I wouldn't say security blanket, but as a gadget guy for every spot in the field, it's a massive, massive loss. So uh, him being back, I think, is going to be unreal. I mean, we've seen Brock Purdy, I would say, shit the bed. Struggle. Um, Especially for a fantasy aspect. Um, You have this guy as a quarterback one with Debo. Without Debo, it's, you know, you're, is it him or Baker Mayfield? That's the talk. Like, right. like that's how bad it's been. And I think like uh like Debo is one one of my favorite players to the NFL. So oh. take this with a grain of salt. But really? um <laughs> but I, I think like Debo shows show he's the best example of why at the end of the day fantasy is kind of silly because what Debo brings to an offense into a football team is so much larger than points from catches yards and touchdowns like like if you play chess like adding Debo onto the field it's like adding another queen to your side of the board like he's just like what he does he just tilts the field in the offense side and like he's a home run hitter that can block like a tight end and then also just carry the ball inside inside the two gap and still rock you for four and a half yards like he just like he brings so much, and I'm sure that um, you know Shanahan loves when Debo's on the field because it opens up the scheme ability so much more. Like they're probably able to scheme angles and stuff just like a lot better. So I would say like San Fran, like I mean, Christian McCaffrey's been humming, but Debo probably makes everyone better on the field, probably outside of George Kittle, just because he's throwing so many targets in the game, but yeah. I mean, if you if you're wavering on Brock Purdy, I don't think this is the week to do it. You got the full you got the full slate of skill position players on the field again. Like mm-hmm. San Fran, when they're healthy, that offense, the it's the playbook for every team now. It's a load up on excellent skill position players because they all base your level of quarterback. If you don't have a great quarterback, yeah. Um, piggyback off of the. Kyler return. James Conner is set to return this week. Yeah. Perfect timing. We finally Perfect see timing. this this offense as a whole. Everyone else there is healthy for the m- most part. So James Conner was great to start the season. No one there has done anything since he's been gone. So don't um, carry the rock. A no, bad massive return for the Cardinals. And I think if you like have Hollywood Brown or you have like um, Trey McBride having James Conner back on the field elevates everyone else's scoring potential mm-hmm. too for fantasy. Like it's the same way of like now they have to protect against the run because there's an actual legitimate run game. And I think when James Conner went down, when Josh Dobbs was their quarterback, we saw his play dip because they didn't have to worry about the run so much. So, like James Conner, another very talented football player, might not be like one of the best running backs in the NFL, you know, but what he does is like he just adds another element to their offense that elevates everyone else too. So I think like all your Cardinals at full goes with James Conner back. I think this is huge. I think it's huge for Hollywood Brown too. Like I think this is Hollywood Brown's being targeted a lot. And I think that Kyler's going to get right back to throwing it to him. So I think like yep. James Conner back is good for 
all of those those kind of players. Yeah, he's a guy that that on you know skill set probably not top tier by any means, but mm. he's smart as shit. And I mean that go back to Dead Foreman kind of guy. It's kind of the same thing. Like you don't have to be that that great when you you you, you have to be good, but you need to be smart too. Like you know where to hit the hole. So I think that's a massive part of um fantasy too. So uh Jamar Chase, uh scary um back injury to start the the week, but he's been back at practice the last two weeks, so uh he should be good to go. Um we'll get to his uh teammate later on that he's not good to go. So at least Burr has one healthy receiver there. Yeah. And this the the Bengals uh, offense has been clicking of late, so I mean yeah. you're never gonna worry about sit start someone like Jamar Chase. I know he didn't have the best week last uh, last week, but yeah, well, I mean, was, yeah, good. Well, he was banged up too, so that, that kind of makes sense. Back back injuries are definitely scary. I I remember like uh you know as Pats fan, we went through a lot of back injuries with Gronk and. They're generally pain tolerance uh, injuries, which means that they can play through it, but they're not 100%. So, like, you're going to hope that Jamar Chase, like, uh, can play within, kind of, like, within space, like, as in rack up receptions, but you're not going to look at him breaking a ton of tackles and springing a slant for 90 yards, like... yeah. It's going to probably limit him a little bit. And it's probably an injury that will last the rest of the season. It won't. It's not going to go away this season. Yep. He's going to play through it. Uh, David Montgomery, uh, ribs injury, full participant in practice. He's set to go on Sunday. Huge. So we will see how that and uh, him and Jameer Gibbs play together because Gibbs, when Monty's been out, has been. Unreal. I mean, I think it's been money. Uh, the two weeks he was out was RB three and RB two overall. So, um, you're starting both these guys. I think, yeah, definitely this week and probably going full forward. These are a this is a duo that could the like a Chubb and Hunt three years ago. Like, yeah, sure, maybe RB you know five RB ten. I mean, the RB landscape now. It, is kind of crap anyway. So to see them both finish as RB1 from here on out is not the craziest thing in the world. No. I think uh, another probably season-long injury for Monty will be ribs. Like, I don't think that those will ever get fully healed by the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially because, like, if you have a rib injury and then you play running back in the NFL, you're going to keep taking hits to it. So it doesn't give it enough time for it to heal. The Lions already went through their bye, so it's not going to have a bye week to fully heal again. Um, I think like rib injuries are definitely are they're definitely trickier to like kind of predict just because they are again a pain tolerance thing. So like we might see David Montgomery come off for more series than he's probably used to, even when the Lions are up, right? Like when we saw him fully healthy and the lions were ahead in games. Dave Montgomery was just getting pounded. Like he was just like hand up, hand up, hand up. I just, I think like what we'll see more through the end of the season is a more 50, 50 split. And yep. 
pre-injury, it was much more like a 70-30 split with Montgomery getting the 70%. So I think like they're definitely both playable. Um, just like look for like Dave Montgomery is probably not going to hit another 30-point game this season like he's had before unless it's just all touchdowns. Yep. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Uh, a couple guys that are out, I'll just run through these. Uh, Justin Jefferson, he's, he's questionable, but long shot to play. Um, week 11 seems very realistic. Yeah. I, I got a notification right, just like an hour before this that like they, it was not out of the realm possibility of him playing this week, but everything that they've said did not sound that way this week. So, yeah, I, I if I'm an owner of him, I'd rather him sit out one more week if it's 100%. questionable. It's a hamstring injury. Yeah. Like, don't mess around with it. Um, Texans players, uh, did Damian Pierce will miss his second week, and Nico Collins is out as well with a calf injury. Um, kind of shitty for what we saw last week with the Texans offense. Um, but more targets for guys like Tank Dell and um, Noah Brown, I guess, <laughs> and Dalton <Yeah>. Schultz. <laughs> And and Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is probably the biggest benefit here with mm-hmm. both those guys out. Um, Dalton Schultz is a full-fledged start. It's probably a top 10 tight end. Like, dude can ball. Um, is the is the Damian Pierce ankle injury a sprain? Do they know how long he's going to be out? Have they said? I, I don't, I, I'm not sure, but it sounded like he was going to play this week. Right. But um, didn't practice all week. I, I don't know, but Devin Singletary hasn't really done anything. He's done very much Dingle Devin Singletary type of shit, which is like yeah. being okay enough to play in the NFL, but not great enough to do anything great. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it sounds like Pierce the the entire year too. So um yeah, I think it's more of a wide receiver tight end game. Um not starting any running back in that game, anyways. Uh T. Higgins is out with a hammy. And he's yeah. he's now week to week. I mean, we we've seen the hammy injuries. Um, it's usually an IR stint so far in this season. You go back to yeah. Deontay Johnson, Cooper um, Cup, Cooper Cup. Like, yeah. Uh, we I think mean, we talked about it last month or month, yeah, months ago. Like, you have a hammy. Toss these guys in IR. Like, don't don't risk it and. It wouldn't be surprised if he goes IR. If not, I think he's more likely out three weeks. Um, that the decision on that is probably just the difference between a strain and a pull. Yeah. Um, if he pulled it, I think he'd be on IR already, or maybe not already. Maybe they would wait, but they they would probably want to do the IR stint before this first game hit. So that's why I think it's a strain, but it's yep. a practice injury too, and. Practice injuries. We don't get this. We don't get the C. <laughs> yeah, it just happened yesterday. So, and if he and if he has swelling, they won't know if it's a pull or a strain for a few more days. But they're probably doing an MRI every six hours on this dude. Like, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. But like, Which sucks, uh, scary, he, scary injury. You know, for yeah. I mean, he season. he just had game of his year right. last week. So unfortunate. Um, and bad for the Bengals. Devonta Parker is out again his second week with a concussion. That is scary as shit. Yeah. Two weeks in a row with a concussion. I mean, say what you want about Devonta Parker. Overrated, yes. 
overpaid, yes. The Pats need a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, not that he's great, but like, he's at least a veteran that has done stuff. I know he still sucks, but I mean, look at the past receivers. Like, still might be the best receiver on the team, which is very, very sad to say. Yeah, uh, and anytime you see a player miss two weeks with a concussion, it's always just way more scary. That I think we've seen the history of this, like where. If you have a concussion, it's a multiple week injury. Like it's just like, all right, that's a really, really serious concussion. Yeah, I mean, um, we saw. So with, I hate to see it for any any yeah, of these guys. Saw with Brendan Cooks with the Rams years yeah. ago, and it derailed the season. Yeah, we thought like we thought that there would be a chance that like it could kind of end his career at that point. Um, yeah, they, these guys don't know when to say quit. Also, but uh, but. Yeah, a two week injury yeah. with a concussion is bad, but they probably resigned him. <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> the Pats suck, and he and he got paid, so uh, he's he's not going back anytime soon. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, <laughs> don't why rush him back for the garbage dumpster fire of a season the Pats are having. So yeah, all right. Uh, news is done. That went for a bit, but some good stuff. Uh, start sits. Derek, you can start with your start of the week. All right, my start is going to be probably somewhat controversial, but it's Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has been very underwhelming. He's currently running back 18. You probably drafted him like a top 10 running back, probably like a top eight running back. Um, and he was electric last year, right? And he started off, started off the season really hot. Um, you know, he put up 21 points in week one, 19 full point, this full PPR in week two. Um We've seen him just really struggle to get going. Even when the Dallas offense was humming, you know, really humming last week against Philly, like Tony Pollard wasn't really part of that. That was just Dak and CeeDee Lamb just got kind of going off, like in, in Ferguson too. Um, but they draw the Giants this week. The Giants are absolutely reeling, like absolutely reeling. Like it's a good spot for them to get up early and Tony Pollard to get carries because of it. And like, if you're, I think the reason why he's my star is like if you're, if you're Mike McCarthy or the Cowboys offensive coordinators, like in, like the running backs coach is like, we got up early, like let's get this dude right, let's get the running game back on track, like we're gonna like if you want to win in the playoffs, like you're gonna need some viable type of running game, like we saw, like the Chiefs stretch last year when they figured out the running game. But Pacheco down the stretch, it was so valuable in the playoffs. And Pacheco had some really good games in the playoffs. Like they Dallas cannot be one dimensional on offense and have Super Bowl aspirations. And I just think against the Giants, you know, at home, it's a good get right game for Tony Pollard. Like get this guy's confidence back up. Get him the ball. Like manufacture touches for him. You're gonna get up. You're gonna be up seventeen in a blink of an eye against this team. Like, I don't even care if it's divisional. You're playing Danny DeVito at quarterback. You're going to be up in this game, Dallas, right? And you're coming off a loss against Philly, right? So it's like they have all the motivation in the world. So I just think that it's a perfect, perfect get-right game for Tony Pollard in Dallas running game. Yep, great start. Great by low guy, too. 
Yeah, good by low guy. I mean, we know he's good at football. And like maybe, maybe the leg, uh, the leg break that he had in the playoffs, like maybe that was ailing him and he's only going to get more healthy in that leg and get more strength in that leg and more confidence running in that leg. Like, I think one thing that we take for granted is not being professional football players is like if we have an injury, we're never like, oh, no, can I still make that double foot cut to the outside and beat an outside linebacker in the NFL? But, like, that type of, like, skepticism probably comes through in some of these injuries for these NFL players. I think that's the reason why we see running backs that have ACL injuries take a little bit of time to get right. So I think Tony Pollard's a great buy down the stretch, too. Yep. All right. Um, my start of the week is DeAndre Johnson. Um, Let's go. Love it. <laughs> he he came back in week seven, uh, hurt week one. Um, probably a tough guy to hold on your team after week one injury because probably your wide receiver back in three or four bench guy. So a, a lot of people probably dropped him. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I mean, week seven he came back, of course, played 66% of snaps. First week back makes sense. Still five for seventy nine, like that. That's a viable start. Um, week eight and nine, he's playing now around ninety percent of snaps, which is what we're used to seeing with him. Um, Fourteen targets week eight, nine targets week nine, eight receptions, seven re- receptions, around ninety yards each game. Last week he had a touchdown. Um, great to see. We talked about that before, but. Just in the last three weeks, since he's been back, he's wide receiver seven in half point, point PPR and wide receiver six in full, Um, which I think if you tell someone that, they'd be shocked because I think people view him as just, uh, do I start him? Do I not start him? Yeah, he he's he's fully back on, on a startable uh, play every single week. If it doesn't score a touchdown, he's still v- very safe. Like last week, seven receptions, 90 yards, touchdown. Take that touchdown away. All right, still not a bad game. Like, like his floor is so safe. But if he starts getting these t- touchdowns, holy fucking shit, he's right. going to fly up rankings every week. And um, if you held on to him, like, again, I, I, I go back to Tony Pollard as a you know, buy low guy, buy Deontay now. Because yeah. we saw what he did the last two weeks. We saw the targets to Pickens the last two weeks. It, it, we, we saw it last year, too. Like, this is what happens when Dion is on the field. Like, he is the wiser one on the team. I know Pickens can get those big plays to, you know, save the day. But Deontay can't be a safer floor player. Um, and I know he's playing Green Bay, they're middle of the pack um, against the wide receivers. But if if I'm starting guy I, that's getting you know ten targets a week, I'm starting this guy every weekend. He still only started in sixty two percent of leagues in Yahoo, Damn. which is mind blowing. That's um, mind blowing. This guy is, I mean, he he's a wide receiver one since he's been back. Uh, worst case scenario, probably back in wide receiver two, and you're starting every week. So I I I think if if you're questioning him. Oh, he got a touchdown. That's why he had a good week. Shut up. 
he is he, just yeah. such a he's such a safe floor, and I think he's a massive league winner going forward. I hope so. I mean, his just his target share, like just the amount of targets the dude gets, like like if like in playing fantasy, like like targets are almost a better indicator of points than receptions. Like they just are, and he gets a lot of them. <laughs> Like he does. Yep. Volume is king. Volume is king. Right. All right, Derek, your sit of the week. So uh my sit of the week is gonna be George Kittle. Um Debo back is been proven to show that when Debo is on the field and Iuke and Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle plays fourth fiddle uh to targets. Um like uh, when he was scoring earlier in the year, he was like 60% of all of his catches were touchdowns. Like you can't really rely on that. Um, when, when they have their full slate of skill position players, George Kittle does all the dirty stuff and he does it really, really well. And that makes him a fantastic football player, like pound for pound. Like if I had to build a football team tomorrow and we talk about which, tight end I want to take like George Kittle would be probably my number one guy even over the Travis Kelsey likes just because of everything that that dude does but everything he does doesn't score fantasy points so I would say him this week like he does too much he does that he just does everything else too well I know like in one week I we're recording this on Friday so the Thursday night game's already happened but I um I started Cole Komet over him. Cole Komet finished with five catches for 45 yards. It's like if George Kittle doesn't score a touchdown, I bet Cole Komet outscores him. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's always on our, our either top performer of the week or bottom, and there's no middle ground. No middle ground. He doesn't have a safe floor. Yeah. He just never does. You know, I never, I never own him because of that. Yeah. Yeah, you'll right. win three weeks, but you'll lose seven. Right. All right. Uh, my set of the week is Kareem Hunt. Um, this guy sucks at football. I mean, he he really does. I mean, it was great that he signed with the Browns again after the Chubb injury. I mean, it took the Chubb injury for him to sign with the Browns. He's scoring touchdowns. I mean, he has five touchdowns in the last four weeks, but. Even with the touchdowns, he's not doing that much. Like he had two touchdowns in week seven. He gave you fifteen fantasy points out of two touchdowns, which is twelve points. Like if he's not getting touchdowns, he's doing nothing. I mean, he's lucky that that um Pierre Strong got hurt last week and he's probably gonna miss this week as well. But I mean, Jerome Ford is is the guy there. I mean, he's looked far better than Cream Hunt. He's getting more touches. I mean, I, I, I hope he gets more, but I mean, Hunt's getting over 10 t- touches a game and doing nothing with those. Like, I think his yards per carry is close to three, maybe sub three the last four weeks. Um, I, yeah. I'm i just not as a fantasy guy, I never bank on a touchdown unless I'm a Gianni Johnson guy, but um. I mean, you're hoping for a touchdown, and with a touchdown, you might get nine to twelve fancy points with a touchdown. Like, I just don't see it 
happening again, especially with Deontay. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Deshaun Watson back. I think you're gonna see more uh work in the passing game, and Hunt's not part of the passing game anymore. I mean, his yeah. role in the passing game is, is is completely gone. I mean, you lose one step in your NFL career, you're not the pass the passing guy. That's Pierre Strong. That's Jim. That's Jerome Ford. Um, so. I, I can't think on Hunt getting t- touched on again, uh, especially against Baltimore. Like Baltimore's been, been 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 so good, and you expect Baltimore to be up in this game um, if they play the way they played the last couple weeks. And with that, Hunt is just wash out of the offense. So Hunt, uh, do not start as your flex guy. Yeah. So um, to add some stats, that uh, Cream Hunt has sixty attempts this year for one hundred ninety six yards. That's a 3.27 yards per carry. And that is, that's I mean, invisible. that's bad. And then also the last three weeks, three total targets, one target each of the last three weeks. So like, I mean, his floor is zero. His ceiling is 10 and that's what the touchdown. Mm-hmm. The only thing that saved him over the last five weeks is that he has five touchdowns. Like you said, like, um, yeah. I mean, He's only 28, but man, the dude's washed. Like, he just must not take care of his body. Yeah. <laughs> That's all <Yeah>. I got. <laughs> all right. Uh, sleepers. Derek can take the first one. All right. So, my sleeper is Teller Aljair, um, running back for the Falcons. Um, the Falcons draw the Cardinals this week. Um, so, I think it's going to be. I, I think that Arizona is going to, I'm sorry. I think the Falcons are going to come out and want, they're going to want to run the ball. And I think like, you know, we've seen the t- Tyler Algier split with Bijan uh, be probably higher than we want for Algier than Bijan for fantasy players. But I think, honestly, I think both of them are starts. Like, I think that the Falcons are going to come out and they're going to want to establish a run game. They don't want to pass the ball with Heineke. They just don't. They want to get the run game going. The run game has some of the best design runs in the NFL. There are some of the more like intricate pulling trap stuff that you see, like that San Francisco kind of kind of does, you know, um, or like the like tight end slams, like and they trap the D end, and it's just beautiful, beautiful run design. So I think like for the sleepers, like you got a Falcons running back this week, you play him like. I expect that Cardinals game to be somewhat high scoring. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, and I think that Al Jair and Bijan will both be respectable starters. And like, this is a game where I think Bijan has a running back one stint and he gets his 20, 25 points. And Al Jair is there going back. You saw Arthur Smith came out this week and said, Tell Al Jair is the best goal line running back in the NFL. He's going to get every carry inside the five. No matter how much we hate it as football fans and and fantasy players, uh, Al Jair is going to get every single goal line carry. So, like, I, I just think that, like, both those guys are good starts. I think they're going to have a lot of points in the ground game out of uh, out of Atlanta this week. And, like, it, I mean, what a tasty matchup. So, I think Al Jair, like, and Bichon both could be inside the top 10 this week at running back. I, I don't think it's out of the question. Running back's been such a crapshoot. 
Yeah, uh, they're both great starts. Um, my sleeper is Tank Dell. Um, I know he's been boom or bust to to say the least. It's either you know two to four points or twenty plus. Last week, twenty six points, he f- crushed it. Um, and you assume like, all right, it's not gonna happen again. But Nico Collins is officially out for the this game, so I assume Tank Dell, Noah Brown, uh, Dalton Schultz will get a lot more uh, work. They play Cincinnati. Um, You have to assume they're at least going to be down or in the game, the entire game. So the passing game is going to be strong there with Stroud. Like, you can't tell Stroud to say, all right, you know, take a step back from last week out of your, you know, five touchdown game, 400 yards. No. If Stroud's doing that, you're doing that again. Like, even if it's against Cincinnati. So, um, Tank Dell without Nico Collins, I think, is, is a fantastic start. Probably another at least eight to 10 targets. Um, and this is a guy that can take one target to the house for 60 yards. So, um, I, I, I'm comfortable start starting Tank Dell once again this week. Yeah. I mean, he's been. I mean, when you watch him play, he just looks like an NFL wide receiver, you know. Um, So I think, like, as he progresses, it gets more NFL reps in. I think he's going to be a great dynasty asset. I think he's going to be good down the stretch, too. I think, uh, man, Houston's been such a fun team this year. Yeah, you you wouldn't think watching a Houston game would be fun this year, but, I mean... It is. It, it's a lot of fun. They, they like sneaky grab some studs. Like, you know, like they have like one of the best left tackles in, in the league. They, NCJ Stroud's been, man, when was the last time we saw a quarterback come in that seemed as good as CJ Stroud? Trying to mean, think. Like, I would say just Herbert, but I mean, Stroud's yeah, Herbert, probably, yeah. you know, like Her, Herbert's probably the been, the best rookie quarterback since since CJ Stroud. That yeah. really fun and team. before that, probably RG three. RG three, Andrew like, Luck, yeah. Years ago. So yeah, it, it's it's rare and just take advantage of it. So start start tank. Yeah, and just have fun, man. That Houston team's fun. It is. All right. Last segment, dart throws. We're going right. tight ends this week. Going tight ends. We got a theme. Theme is rookies. Man, what a great year for tight ends. Uh, it wasn't awesome when Red Zone did uh, National Tight End Day, and then they talked about tight ends endlessly. <laughs> Scott Hansen annoys me to no end. Uh, but my uh, my dart throw is Michael Mayer. Um, man, you watch this dude play football and he just looks, he just is a football player, man. He does it all. Like, and I think like if he can get, you know, eight targets, he's going to make those eight valuable targets. He has a very high catch rate with his targets. Like, and he just, he plays, he's actually very similar to George Kittle where he plays tight end with George Kittle. And I just think that his upside is really, really high. If he can catch a touchdown, like maybe he can catch a couple touchdowns in a week. Like it'll be interesting to see how the you know the Vegas offense kind of shakes out with Josh McDaniel's exit. But man, like ride the high of a team that is 
absolutely thrilled with their head coach being fired. We saw them in the locker room smoking cigars like they just won the freaking Super Bowl <laughs> and someone someone had their like a son born. Like that's how hard they were celebrating. So like I don't know. I just ride the high of, of Vegas and I think that Michael Mayer is a really good down this week. Yep. And mine is Luke Musgrave, rookie tight end again. Um, I mean, he caught a touchdown last week, his first of the year. Uh, fun game, twelve point six points. Um, but I think again, he he kind of does that in week ten. His snap percentage has gone up. His targets are kind of the same, but his yards per catch have have blossomed almost doubled uh his entire season at at 12.75 last week um Packers receivers really aren't doing it on a consistent basis with Christian Watson Dobbs Jaden Reed uh Musgrave is very raw but I think he's coming into his own now in the NFL where maybe that's Jordan Love's you know safe target now like he can't get it down the field to these guys why not you know do it do a eight to 12 route uh 12 yard route to luke musgrave and and if he's getting targets in the red zone like he did last week sign me up yeah another just really good football player i mean see what musgrave he fits the bill like these tight end these rookie tight ends have been a revelation to it's changing fantasy from get rid of tight, tight ends to oh wait tight ends are actually valuable it's, now like i think it's the tight end position might be fixed with one nfl draft class of like yep. really skilled like like good route running good blocking tight ends like they can kind of do it all like we it's always been the the disclaimer of like never trust a rookie tight end and we've seen not anymore like two but two of the top 10 tight ends are both rookies in Dalton Kincaid and uh Sam LaPorta like and Sam LaPorta might just be one of the best tight ends in the league right away like he might be that yeah it's probably top four three four going forward like what like and he <laughs> like the huge disclaimer, he just seems to play tight end kind of like Gronk did. He bounces off guys. He's hard yep. to tackle. Like it's hard. He's hard to get on the ground when he has the ball in his hand, but then he can also just like motion across the line and block at the end. Like, and we've been kind of, I think we've been kind of missing that. Like where in the NFL, we've either had reception tight ends or blocking tight ends and they couldn't do both. And I think a lot of these guys can do both. And it's it's been really great um, from a fantasy player to see so many of these young tight ends be this good. Yep. Couldn't agree more. All right. Uh, that will do it for the podcast. Um, for start sets, uh, Darth throws some big news. So thanks for tuning in. Um, for me, Derek, thanks for tuning in a second time. Uh, stay loose. <laughs> <laughs> stay loose. Shell fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.
Thank you.